0: watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching a game. Game. game
1: hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at ddd nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers And I know you're used to me saying me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock, but I kicked him out of the studio again this Friday because we have another celeb and no better man to preview all things Packers. He's a Packers expert. He's a friendly face of the Green Bay Packers. It's Mr. Mike Spofford. Mike, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Mike, did you ever think you'd be talking to a twiddly-eyed Irishman leprechaun about the Packers? (laughs)
0: Well, I tell you, the, more, uh, the longer I'm in this job and, uh, and you know interacting with the fans on Packers.com, the, uh, the more you see the uh, international flavor to the fan base. So I suppose this was inevitable
1: at some point. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, it's came upon you. But uh, Mike, listen, it's great to have you on. I think we're all used to listening to your podcast. Again, brilliantly that you do it. What is it, four times a week now, Mike, you do the, the actual Packers podcast?
0: actually five times a week the uh, yeah the podcast uh is on the site uh tuesday um tuesday through saturday except for last week when we had a uh a, a thursday night game that sort of threw the schedule off but regularly five days a week
1: yeah and i mean it's some awesome stuff because we're used to reading your analysis um on the packers.com website so to be able to listen to it on the way to the car picking up the baby you know walking the dog I mean, can't get enough. But what I'm going to do to you, Mike, and I do this to all of the guests, so we've had Mark Murphy on, Mike Daniels, Mason Crosby. I want to pull it back a little bit, Mike, if you don't mind. Let me know. Are you a Green Bay boy? Did you grow up eating cheese curds and going to the game with dad? Or are you F- an out-of-towner?
0: Well, I grew up in Wisconsin. I did not grow up in Green Bay, but uh, I grew up in the southern part of Wisconsin about, uh, you know, 3 to 4 hours by car away from Green Bay in a small town called Platteville over by the Mississippi River. So, um Been a a Wisconsin native, um, went to college uh, here in Wisconsin at Lawrence University, which is uh, down in Appleton, just about a half-hour's drive from Green Bay, and uh, um, went to graduate school at uh, Northwestern in Chicago, and then worked for two Wisconsin newspapers um, in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, which is in kind of the north-central part of the state, and then um, came to Green Bay to work for the Green Bay Press-Gazette in um, 1998. And uh, and then after a handful of years there, um, came over here to the Packers in uh, 2006, and I've been uh, on Packers.com since then.
1: And were you always a Green Bay Packers sort of sports nut, or did you fall into it? And I mean, when you started off in the paper business and the news journalism, surely you were writing about, you know, the county fair and stuff like that. Is, are you living the dream now, Mike?
0: well it's 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 a kick to be uh involved in the n f l and to be you know this close to it on a daily and on a weekly basis my my sports writing career started out as as many do which is covering high schools and uh and the college level and whatnot and and you always hope that uh, maybe someday you're going to be uh involved as a as a writer on the professional sports level and uh fortunately for me that uh that happened uh the opportunity came about a, a decade ago and i haven't looked back
1: and are you disappointed in a way mike that you've reached the pinnacle now i mean most of us tried to work <laughs> and get there by the time we're 60 you're doing it now i mean what's what's next do you suit up for the team because we kind of need someone at running back i mean are you ready <laughs>
0: No, I don't think I'm going to be uh, strapping on any pads anytime soon. I actually never, uh, I never played uh, full contact football in my life. Played plenty of flag football, but that was the uh, that was the extent of, of my uh, my football prowess. And I have to admit, it probably wasn't much.
1: <laughs> I have to say, on the podcast yourself and Wes, great chemistry. And you do talk about the fact that you are quite modest, you know, in, in talking about your sporting exploits. So you have to tell us, Mike, what position would we see you at now in flag football?
0: Oh I was a wide receiver. Um, oh, yeah? I all I all I could do was uh was run and catch passes. That was uh that was pretty much uh pretty much my uh, my skill set when it came to the football field. I was uh I was much more polished, I guess you could say, as an athlete on the on the baseball diamond. Baseball was my uh was my sport growing up. I played it all the way up through college. But uh, but yeah, I didn't uh, didn't do much on uh, on the football field except the simple stuff.
1: That's a shame because I mean we're quite deep at wide receiver, so I don't think you'll get to call up anytime soon. Especially that they must have picked Geronimo Allison over you. So look, condolences on that, Mike. But I mean you always have the journalism to fall back on.
0: So yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> so so tell us then, Mike. I mean you are a journalist. You're an excellent journalist at that. Your analysis is unrivaled. We all love reading it. We all love listening to you but i mean you work for the packers is that kind of a conflict in a way that you want to speak your mind but you're kind of curtailed a bit because you work officially for the team is is there conflict there at all
0: i mean there can be at times but but you know i like to i like to hope that i maintain a certain a certain level of credibility with my analysis i'm not going to uh i'm not going to take shots at people when things aren't going well it's it's not about uh um it's not about the you know the the gregarious attacks you might say when uh, um when things start to go south i i try to keep a level head and and uh you know if things aren't going well try to explain why and if things are going well explain why as well i don't i like to think that my job doesn't change too much whether whether the team wins or loses i think i i think i owe that to the fans whether uh, uh no matter who's you know signing my paychecks
1: Yeah, because Packers fans, I mean, because we're the UK Packers, so we deal with all of the the UK and Irish fans, even the European fans. We have a lot of American fans that follow us. And we find that, you know, the minute stuff starts to go south a little bit or there's a questionable throw or something like that, it's bench Rogers trade him while he has value, you know, get Hundley (laughs) in there. You know, do you find, because you see that all the time, we can see it come through your articles when you're writing answering fan questions. Do you find it the same? Do you reckon the fans like ourselves can be on occasion sort of a fickle bunch where if stuff starts to go wrong, you get this vitriol coming into your inbox that you kind of have to go, Jesus, guys, calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that just comes with the territory. I mean, fans, you know... Uh... and I get it to a certain extent I mean fans look forward all week long to the big game on Sunday or whatever day the game is being played and then you know when things don't go right it's it's frustrating they get angry and and uh there's always the the demand for change as soon as something doesn't go right and and I think you know when when you cover when you cover a team like this when you're in this business you realize you know every season is a long season 16 games is is a lot of football to be played and uh and hopefully then more than that obviously with the playoffs afterwards but uh um you know you just uh you just try to have to to uh get those um hyped up fans maybe to uh to calm down a little bit realize that uh that you don't completely blow up the whole structure of the team when uh when when the law when when there's one loss uh you know and and you know there are losses where things don't look good i mean I, i i get that you know the there are times when when victories don't look good either but um I guess my, you know, the line I like to use a lot, which uh, actually comes, uh, um, comes from James Jones, who was a receiver here for a long time. One of oh, my yeah. favorite players to get to know and to interview. Over the years, he always used to say, "Hey, the other guys get paid too," and yeah. and uh, um, I, I, I think you have to remember that to have some perspective on uh, on how these seasons can go
1: yeah certainly a man to have the right perspective would be james jones with the background that he had and how he came up from the streets to be a player and in honor of james jones sometimes in the office here we like to wear a hoodie underneath our jersey so you know i like that i like that (laughs) we call it james jonesing hashtag so (laughs) i mean mike your your job as amazing as it is is it fairly full-on do you ever get a day off because we like to recline on the couch and be you know couch quarterbacks watch the game critique it and stuff you're working of a Sunday or of a th- Thursday night or of a Monday night. What's your day off schedule like?
0: Uh, during the season, the, the, the simplest way to put it is, uh, I try to get all my all my preview work for the game done. You know, but from from Monday through Friday, and if uh, we have a home game. Then I try to take Saturday off and, you know, get ready for the game on Sunday. If it's uh if it's a road game, then Saturday is uh, travel day and then you know try to relax a little bit at the hotel in whatever city we're going to. I mean we're flying to uh we're flying to Atlanta. This Saturday and uh, I'm hoping to uh, be able to get to get to my hotel room and and chill out while I watch uh, both the Wisconsin Badgers football game and oh, then yeah. the Chicago Cubs in the World Series both be going on at the same time on Saturday night so that's uh that'll be my kickback and relax time
1: and do you know what as well uh, Mike I mean I was a saxophone player so I used to love it, right the jazz the whole the whole works but then when I went to do school for it you know I went to a music school of a Saturday you know not that i lost the love for it but it became more laborious because i had to do scales and i had to do certain songs and i had to do this that and the other i mean we all love the packers but do you find that when you're covering the packers does it take away from it at all that you can't just kick back and watch the game for what it is that you always have to break it down or is your love for the game so large that that actually enhances your experience
0: um that, that's a tough one to answer i get. i guess i'll say you know having having been a sports writer now for you know 20 plus years um covering all kinds of sports but obviously the last decade strictly football i guess you know whether i'm whether i'm covering a game or whether i'm just watching it on tv on my own it's the way my brain works my you know i'm always thinking about you know okay how you know what's going on here if if i if i were writing about this like how how would i write it what what are the what are the key things that are that are happening in this game that uh um that are influencing influencing the outcome and and I, i guess that's that's just how my brain works and how i watch a game whether i'm actually going to write a story or stories after the game or not um it's it's how i it's how i watch sports in general just occupational hazard i guess you might say <laughs> fair
1: enough i mean look we appreciate it we love the way your brain works cuz we get to read all your stuff and listen to all your stuff so it's amazing so come on let's talk packers now so mike Spofford's opinion here through six games what are the main sort of positives and negatives that you can pick out with this Packers team now? I mean, there's some obvious ones in the negatives, you know, with the injuries and stuff. But what are the main one or two things that kind of stand out to you so far this season?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing that stands out is is uh, is what the Packers have accomplished Um on the offensive and defensive fronts. I think I think the Packers offensive line with uh you know the replacement of Josh Sitton right at the end of training camp with Lane Taylor, that starting five, um, you know, they've been playing every game together. Um I, I think that unit has really come together and and uh and really is the foundation of the offense right now as Aaron Rodgers and the receivers and the running backs as they try to work through all these injuries and figure out, you know, a, a successful game plan for a given week, they can count on that offensive line in front of them to, uh, to do the job, both run and pass. And, and I think the same goes in a lot of ways for the defense, the the defensive front seven, uh, the defensive line and the linebackers, what they've done stopping the run being ranked number one in the league, and run defense, and uh, um, and then also the way they've, they've fairly consistently gotten after quarterbacks and put pressure on quarterbacks throughout the year. That's really helped the defense kind of hold things together while they're trying to sort through all the injuries in the secondary with the, the cornerbacks and Sam Shields and Demarius Randall and, and you know, these other younger cornerbacks having to step up into bigger roles. And so, you know, the, the foundation of this team up front, offensive line, defensive line, defensive line defensive front seven i think that's the uh that's where this team is is most solid and 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 uh you know it's going to help them continue to navigate through uh these injury situations
1: yeah i completely agree i mean i'm shocked that lane taylor's name hasn't been splashed out in lights all across the media because how he took over in that situation is just absolutely incredible for a guy who was so doubted going into the season um, to you know make a stand as he did i think the last uh rating i saw on pro football focus i think he was 15th out of his position in the whole league and the rest of the offensive line then were in the top 10 so the fact that they're able to offer such protection for aaron Rodgers is absolutely incredible but this is this sort of a question i want to pose to you as well mike i mean the last a game or two we've seen this like insanely um exotic if we can call it play with the running backs going down and it's very pass intensive now are these plays designed solely at a necessity that we have to do we don't have a legitimate you know run game um or is this something that we can see that could be potentially sustained for the rest of the season and wouldn't be too much of a burden? Um, I mean what's your take on sort of how sustainable is this kind of play going forward
0: well I think I, I don't think it's sustainable to throw the ball 56 times per game right. like the Packers did last Thursday against the Bears um, that's that's a pretty high number and I don't think you can survive week after week in the NFL with, uh, with that kind of number statistically yeah. that being said I mean what the Packers are discovering here in some ways out of necessity because they've had to go shotgun and spread out, you know, four and five wide receivers and use Ty Montgomery in the backfield and whatnot. I think they're, you know, I think they're, they're discovering, they're working on, they're finding a rhythm with an offensive package uh, that can help them the rest of the way. It's just a question of how much, uh, how much are you going to need to rely on it and, um, as things go along, you know, you hope that within a few weeks, maybe you get James Starks back in the backfield. You get Don Jackson and Nile Davis, maybe uh, up to speed a little bit more in terms of being able to handle the, the running back load. And then, then, um, you know, Mike McCarthy has even, you know, more options, I guess you could say on his call sheet in the, in the playbook to go to in a given week or in a given situation. Um, so, I think what they're doing right now is is out of necessity, but um maybe when it's if, even, even if it isn't necessary later on in the season, I don't see them completely scrapping it. I think I think it's something that uh, that becomes um that becomes a part of the offense the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. It's beautiful football to watch because it is inventive and it goes to show how, you know, when backs are up against the wall, next man up mentality which has always been in Green Bay is alive and strong I mean what Montgomery and especially Devontae Adams has been able to do is incredible so even if you look at Devontae Mike would you agree would you would you call that Bears game his sort of was that his statement game like the game was against the Cowboys two years ago he dropped off last year do you reckon this is him saying hello I'm back
0: I, th- I think partly but uh but I but I think I mean in talking with Devonte in, in the locker room this week, there were, were a group of reporters around his locker yesterday, and I think I think his thing is okay. Now you know I had this good game, but now I have to follow it up. Now I have to I have to do it again, and. You know the, the the Bears secondary was as banged up as Green Bay's was, and they had a they had a matchup there with a backup, uh, you know, a backup way down the depth chart um, at cornerback for the Bears on Adams, and they just you know they just kept picking on him. They you know they uh, they they really took advantage of that. Now Devonte Adams is going to face better cornerbacks starting this week and certainly the rest of the season. But now his challenge is to is to follow it up. They like he likes to use the phrase, and Mike McCarthy likes to. To use the phrase stack success and yeah. he had, he had a big successful game and now, now the challenge for him is to, is to do it again and not make it a, a one week wonder, but, but, you know, not to say that 13 catches for 132 yards, two touchdowns is something you can do every single week, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but maintain a certain level of production, maintain a certain level of consistency the rest of the way. And, and if Devonte Adams can do that, um, you know, certainly uh, um, it, it will, it will benefit this offense when, you know, you hope that, Jordy Nelson and uh, you know can uh, can get going again, and and Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery can keep doing what they've been doing as well.
1: Yeah, it's kind of scary. Uh, I know that's sort of the Packers that said. Um, a few weeks ago, when they faced some offenses that you know it's a it's a it's a three-headed beast, but we've got a four, five, six-headed beast when it comes to the Packers. So I've every faith that Adams will uh, take that step up. What did you know? What it was a bittersweet moment also because when he was getting close to Don Hudson's record, who's the, my all-time favorite, loved the guy, and I was kind of thinking, I'm not ready for Don Hudson's record to be broken. I'm sorry, Devontae, don't get that catch. So you know, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of happy he didn't elevate his game to that level, but. Uh, so last question before we get on really quickly then just to close out maybe with to look ahead to this atlanta game if we look at the division now mike i mean everyone's focusing on the vikings they got beaten in, in a pretty grisly loss to the eagles are they still the team to beat because we do have the lions right that have sort of matched their record almost i know we have the sort of win against them that that stands to push us into second here but is this a tree horse race till the end of the season do you think or have we spotted the vikings weakness now and they might go into the decline
0: well I, I think that's I think that's what we have to see, you know, play out here. You know, Minnesota this week plays Monday night against Chicago. Mm. The Bears will be changing quarterbacks again, going back to Jay Cutler. Yeah. Um, you know, but the but the Bears have a lot of injury problems. It it's it's uh hard to see them um, you know, winning that game. Obviously anything can happen. But um but two weeks from now or a week and a half from now the uh the Lions and the Vikings go head to head for the first time and it will it'll be in in Minneapolis um and then the second game uh between those two is actually on uh, on Thanksgiving Day um mm-hmm. in Detroit so with um but with that that first Lions Vikings game I think coming up in a couple weeks is is going to be Detroit's chance to um, say that they belong in this race, and they're going to be they're going to be in it from start to finish. If uh, if um, with the Lions having won three games in a row now after a one and three start if uh if they aren't able to to capitalize on that momentum and knock off the Vikings this first chance they get then um then people will probably uh probably look at it still as you know the Vikings clearly the team to beat with the Packers on their heels and and trying to trying to stay with them but uh i could certainly see this being uh being a three horse race but i think that's up to Detroit and and they get their chance to make an announcement of sorts in a couple weeks
1: yeah, yeah, and you know what? I think they almost have. I I said in the podcast before the season, in the off season, I was saying how, you know, Megatron not being there is actually the best thing that could ever happen to the Lions because now they they won't be so one track minded that they can spread the ball out. Which certainly I felt that Matt Stafford was capable of doing, or Matthew Stafford, as we're supposed to call him. um You know, I I just think that he's a legit quarterback, and this is his sort of. He's making that step up, and I think he's showing that he can spread the ball around. Scary opponent. But look, Mike, I'm dying to pick your mind now about the game that's coming up. This is a big, big game here. Are we looking at an Atlanta Falcons team that's in decline like last season? Are we looking at a team who's too focused on Julio Jones? And do you reckon Gunter can do the job on him and contain him?
0: Well, I think it's, I think it's a combination of, of Gunter and, you know, some help from the other mates in the secondary, um, particularly the, you know, having, uh, some safety help over the top, perhaps you certainly can't, um, you know, put Gunter out on an Island against Julio Jones for 60 or 65 plays that that's, uh, that would be foolish strategy and nobody's going to do that. But, uh, um, but this this Falcons offense, I mean, you know they're they're number one in the league in yards, they're number one in the league in points. They had a game earlier this year, I believe it was against New Orleans. They scored um, they scored forty five points, and Julio Jones had one catch. So. Um, just, just because you know, even if you can do the job on Julio Jones, that doesn't mean you're shutting down this this offense entirely. These guys are these guys are powerful, they're potent, and uh, um, you know, the the it's it's not a game you know where you where you want to have your secondary as banged up as Green Bay's is, but that's the situation the Packers are in. They have to uh, they have to deal with it, and and I think just that much more. Um, that much more production is needed from the front seven to uh, to shut down the run get after matt ryan not let him you know sit back there in the pocket too long to uh to pick you apart and and it, it'll be a it'll be a big potential statement game for these young cornerbacks for Green Bay gunter and Goodson there's going to be a lot uh, a lot on their shoulders and uh, you know this is this is uh, their chance to shine because certainly if you're the Falcons and you look at where the Packers are in their depth chart at cornerback um, you're going to attack the
1: those guys no question about it yeah and I mean Mike do you do you trust this run defense that we're seeing because I mean the first couple of weeks so Chris Ivory was out Adrian Peterson went off injured Abdullah also was out the Giants didn't have two legit running backs the first two were injured so we come up against the first legitimate running back in Elliott who's a record breaker and we got sliced open and we were over for that game actually uh the cowboys game so it was disappointing to spend you know two three grand to get over there to sit in the seats and see <laughs> us get carved up um, and then not be there for the bears game that was upsetting um so do you believe in the run defense of the packers that they're as good as the stats say they are or is it a case where we've been, we face slightly inferior running back opposition and it's been a mixture of the two
0: I would I would say it's a mixture of the two. Certainly the certainly what Elliott did to the Packers in that Cowboys game, you take you take nothing away from him. The Packers weren't happy with with how that went. Um, you know they they were disappointed in how their run defense performed. But I do think I do think this run defense is for real. I think they're I think they're very good. I think it's the I think it's the foundation of this defense and the 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 Cowboys game if if the Packers offense had kept up a little bit better with the scoring, if you know, if you don't fumble the ball on the one yard line when you're going in for a touchdown in the second half
1: yeah.
0: um, you know, then, then I don't think Elliott gets hundred and fifty yards and looks like he had such a dominant game. I think mm-hmm. I think if the Packers had if the Packers had stayed a little uh uh, a little closer offensively with uh, with scoring their own points um i think that that would have helped out green bay's defense and helped out the run defense considerably there so um sometimes games can go that way that's that that's how games go sideways and by by the same token you know sometimes that's how run defenses put up good numbers is uh you know when your offense gets way ahead and the other team can't run the ball anymore so um you know still somewhat a a small sample size as you said um some top running backs who uh who were injured but uh um but even with even in week 2 with Adrian Peterson leaving in the second half like he did they still gave the ball to Adrian Peterson a dozen times and he had 19 yards so yeah. um that uh that was a that was a pretty impressive performance um in, in its own right even if it didn't last for the full four quarters with with Peterson having to leave the game so i believe in this run defense i think what elliot did is uh is going to be definitely more the exception than the rule as far as uh, opposing running running games
1: yeah i have to agree i mean he's been doing it to everybody up till then so i don't think we're some type of you know but uh finally then mike and again you know thanks so much for for your time to come on if you were to write the review of this game before the game how do you see this one going and do you see the packers eking out the win
0: (laughs) Boy, I don't know. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not one who's uh, who gets into the prediction business. I think I've been I've been doing this too long to where uh, where I feel like I, I never I never have any idea going into a game really what's going to happen. I yeah. just uh, I, I just sit back and and take it in. But um, you know I. I I have to believe that uh that and and, you know taking nothing away from the Packers defense but I have to believe that that this is going to be a pretty high scoring ball game I mean you know the Falcons have Falcons have scored points on on everybody and uh and with with the situation the Packers are with their offensive backfield I think you I think offensively you have to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers hands and let him throw it around a little bit and see what happens and and uh so I, th- I think the Packers would would like to avoid a, a full blown shootout. You know that you know something that's thirty eight, thirty five, or whatever. I think that becomes a very tough game mm. for the Packers to win on the road in a dome uh, and all of that. But uh, um, but I think uh, I think both teams are going to uh, are going to score some points. I definitely see it coming down to uh, the last couple of possessions in the in, in the fourth quarter. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched you know the falcons are playing at home you know maybe with a little bit of a salty attitude with uh back to back down to the wire losses the last couple weeks when uh, when they had a four game winning streak going so um yeah it's 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 going to be a fun one to watch for sure and uh and i've been in been in that georgia dome before down in atlanta that place can get pretty loud
1: yeah Well, Mike, look, either way, we're going to enjoy your podcast and your analysis after the game. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on to speak with you. Thanks for coming on the UK Packers podcast today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I've had a blast. Thanks a lot.